When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Children of Song, the podcast that explores what it must have been like to grow up surrounded by music. For those who might be joining us for the first time, we're speaking with musicians whose parents made it big in the music industry, or those artists who started playing and making music when they were still very young. Today's guest fits in that second category. She began playing music when she was just seven years old. And like most kids, she performed in school recitals. And to be honest, most people in her community probably thought nothing of it. They didn't see anything particularly special or recognize her talent. She just seemed like everyone else. But then, at 15, she went up to her room and she began writing music that would captivate and inspire the rest of the world. We'll meet her and her remarkable story in a moment. But first, I'm Brad Newman, the producer of this series, and today I'll be doing a little double duty, taking on the hosting duties for what we'll be calling our singer-songwriter sessions. We're bringing this to you from our podcast studios in Midtown Manhattan. William Sanchez is our engineer. So joining me in the studio today is a young woman who is quickly making her mark in America. She moved here from her native Finland a couple years ago. She's a wonderful storyteller with an angelic voice, and you're about to hear her amazing story. She's also someone you should run out and see anytime she comes to a town near you. With two albums out and one along the way, we're excited to welcome the Finnish pop star Pepina to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. So, so tell me, you, you grow up uh, on a little island, you yes. know, within Helsinki. What was it like growing up there, and, and who introduced you to the music? So the island where I grew up in was the best place in a way that it was very safe. Uh, the nature was always there. The beach was always two-minute walk away. Like, I love the ocean, and that has always been a big inspiration for me. Um, and my fa- music has always been a part of my family. My mom would always sing to us. Um, she would she would sing to me to sleep like later than I would be <laughs> comfortable admitting. <laughs> oh yeah, you did, you were one of those problem childs and like to go to bed. Yes, I have. I think I have two of those myself. You're yes. not fun. You're not fun to raise. Those <laughs> No, I'm just teasing. So what would she sing to you? Oh, she would just sing me lullabies, just lullabies. But it was it was enough. And it was, I mean, I guess singing lullabies when I would go to sleep. And then our family is a little weird in a way that we might just burst in song about the most random things. Like my brother just very naturally has a very amazing like opera type of voice. And he might just start singing about the fact that he's cleaning his room and just singing about it <laughs> like oh, very great. very weirdly and interestingly music has always been a big part of part of my living there can you sing a little bit of one of those Finnish um songs that they might have sung to you going to bed oh well actually i can sing one that's very Finnish. it might sound a little scary when you don't know the lyrics but that's a good example of of Finnish lullabies um Tu 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 pakarulla, mistä tiesit tänne tulla? Tulin pitkin turun tietä, hämäläisen härkää tietä. That was one of my favorites. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. So you start playing the flute first. Yes. <laughs> You're a classical flautist. And yeah. at, at a very early age, right? I mean... It was, definitely. Well, I actually... I think my mom told me that I was four... I was just turning four when I when I went to her and I said that, Mom, I want to learn music. And she asked me that, well, like, do you mean, like, play school? Like, just play 
play games with music. And I was like, no, I want to learn how to play an instrument. And she didn't want to push me into it too early. So she was like, well, let's give it a few years and see if you still want to do it. And I was actually six years old when we did go to the music school and we did this kind of like exams and see like, you know, what should we start with? My brother started at the same time. He started with the French horn, actually, and I started with a recorder. <laughs> and a year later, I moved into the flute, and I played it for 11 years. Wow. And then you start playing the piano, I think, around 10. Yes. Right? And is that when you start to write your own songs? Exactly. So, like, playing the flute, it was, it was such a different type of you know, musical world, classical music is so different because it's, you're literally just replicating what's already been done and you have to do it perfectly. And I'm really happy that I had that because I got such a different view on how music works, how the theory works, and I got really good at practicing <laughs> because that's how you do it. But when I got my Christmas present at the age of 10, my very first piano, that was just freedom within music for me. I could just play whatever I wanted, however I wanted. And that really opened opened it up for me to just, you know, take the music out of my head and just put it in, put it out there. What were some of the first songs that you might have come up with? Can you can you share a little bit of the kinds of things? I, I can describe it. I can't I can't play without the piano, but because it was all instrumental. I didn't know how to put words to it, but it was very, very dreamy, very slow. Just I was just experimenting with simple chords and simple melodies, but I, some of some of those are still my favorites. I, I don't think I ever shared them, but I think I was 11 when I really like fully wrote like a fully realized piece. And I really I think it was something about happiness. And I think in those days it was also it was also my way of kind of like dealing with early puberty and kind of feeling a little different from my other classmates. I kind of the piano was my escape. I could just sit down and sit there for hours just playing whatever I wanted. It was like an escape from everything that I had to do and every everything that I had to be. I could just stay there and play. So, you know, you don't seem this way now, but you were actually kind of a, a shy kid, though, too, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I was always secretly a shy kid in a way that uh, I always describe myself as a high-functioning introvert, is that I enjoy being alone and I get energy from being by myself, but I can I can manage social situations. And as a child, I just never really saw what was so great about being in a clique or what was so great about being popular. I didn't really relate to the other girls in my class and I didn't want to try to change who I am to fit in with them. I was never bullied, but I, I just I just wasn't part of the group. I was always kind of like approved by people but <laughs> so at 15 then you start picking up the guitar yes at 15 years old um i actually it was actually my brother's guitar that he had just never played and i just decided that someone has to play this instrument like it can't just sit there <laughs> so i just picked it up and i started kind of like playing around with it looking at some simple chords online and i taught myself how to play and that was that was when i started singing and i started writing because I didn't really know how to play the guitar with the piano I did eventually start taking lessons with it so I was I had more abilities musically but with the guitar I only knew how to play chords I didn't know how to play the melodies so I decided I'm gonna have to sing them and that's where the lyrics came in so give us a sense give us a little taste of those early guitar songs oh well actually the earliest guitar songs were in Finnish Naturally. Naturally, yeah, because I didn't really have anyone to share them with, and I didn't really think that anybody would ever want to hear them other than myself in my room. Um, but I did write one song. It was actually in the middle of the night, um, and I was just fascinated by life and everything in general, and it's, it's called A Moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's a very short song. And it literally is just about that moment and how it feels. On elämä kummallista tosiaan, täällä yks 
Kuusi yössä laulaa vaan, vaikka pitäis mennä nukkumaan. Mut aika on huijari, pelkkä haamu. Tää voi olla yö, mut tuolla jossain on aamu. Siellä heräilen parhaillaan. Näs avelet ilmassa soi yksinään, ei niistä kiinnostu. such a beautiful language so you start to i mean you're performing at school and you're going to these recitals and but you're kind of uh, afraid to share this music no or or you share it a little bit and and what's the reaction of folks yeah so i actually i shared one song on myspace it was called little joys and little griefs and it was about i was 15 and it was just about how I was looking at normal people and how the normal people seemed to be something that I don't I don't see myself in. And I just wrote a song about that and I shared it on MySpace and I realized that nobody's going to find it unless if I share it on Facebook, like share it with people that I actually know, who know me and who see me in school. Um, so I did and it actually got really good response, but somehow... I felt really anxious about the fact that now I'm walking in school and people have heard this song and, you know, I started all these thoughts about, like, I, like do they think that I want this attention? Like, what do they think of this? Like, it was all these insecurities. So I almost decided that I'm done. I don't want to share any of my music anymore. Like, this is too much. I'm not the kind of person. I'm just going to keep writing for myself. Um, but then I found a very special website. Yeah, let's talk about that. So yeah. here it is. You are you're like fifteen, sixteen years, years old, old at that and point. you're sort of anxious about and, and a little self conscious. And who yeah. wouldn't be? You know, I mean, because no. you're kind of revealing, you know, your your deepest, darkest thoughts, you know, about life in order to, to yeah. right and. So instead of sharing it with your small little community there on the island of Helsinki. You decide to go to a website and share it with the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah. So you go to this website, and um, I, it, honestly, not to just give it a plug, but it is a really cool website. It I went is. and checked it out. It was actually uh, founded by the actor Joseph Gordon Levitt and his brother. And it's called Hit Record. And it's this interactive website where you can actually go and share a song. And then artists from all over the world sort of collaborate. And they'll tell you whether they like your words or they might do this word differently or they put, uh, you know, some animation on yeah. top of it and create a video. Yeah, and, definitely. And what was that that experience like? Well, I mean, because it's not only for music, it's for all for all arts. Like, you can upload any kind of art there. And when I found it, it just felt like this safe little corner where I can just go and be anybody and do anything. I don't have to tell anything about myself to join. It was all focus was in the work and what we can do together. Because that was the big, big part that made sharing my music uncomfortable for me at first because I didn't want it to be about me. I didn't want it to be like spotlight on me because I didn't even know who I am yet. I wasn't ready to come out as an artist. So on this site, it was all about collaboration. What can we do together? What, what can we build from this together? And it was such a safe, supportive, welcoming, and it was such a community there too. It was just an amazing experience just to do the weirdest things like <laughs> I, I would do songs where I'm rapping. I would do songs where I'm uh, playing the piano or the guitar or just completely, completely letting myself be whatever I want. It really gave you sort of uh, an education in songwriting. It did. Right? Oh, 100%. Because when, when you're not just sort of pigeonholed into one area, which, which your small community might have done, right? Yeah. Because they base every song that comes after the first song on the last song. Yes. And everybody wants to see a logical progression. I mean, it's kind of hard to have that. That's such a sweet song that you sang earlier. To follow that up with rap would kind of seem odd. Like, exactly. Like, wow, is, is she? She must need a 
a lot of attention. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but on that side, it was just. It was just such a freedom to try different things and do whatever because it wasn't about you. It was about the work. And that really helped me find out more about who I am as an artist and as a person. You you came out with a song that you released on there um, called Mademoiselle Noir. Yes. Can I, can I hear a little bit about that? And yes. Then... So that song, uh, I wrote that when I was 17. Um, I actually had just turned 17. And... That the, the way that that song came together is a great example of how heat record works in general. It was um, on, on a summer day, I decided that I want to write a song in French. That's like, that's my challenge today. I just want to write a full song in French. So I wrote a chorus, like I wrote just some lines. And then I realized that I don't know enough French. Like I don't know how to write anymore. But I had created this kind of like, person this mademoiselle noir was in the chorus i was like who is this person so i go on hit record and i scroll through these illustrations of like i need to find this person and then i find an illustration made by one of my favorite artists on the side soju shots and it was this kind of like twisted version of rapunzel with long black hair and pale face up in the tower just very sad looking and i was immediately like that's Mademoiselle Noir. I need to write her story. And then I sit down, and like 10 minutes later, I have the song. And actually, spoilers, in the song, the song is really about how, how the community would actually react if they see someone different. You know how in the world, it's nice to tell fairy tales where, you know, when you're different, you get accepted and everything's fine. But in the real world, if you are different, if you stand out, the world can be really cruel to you. Like that, that is the unfortunate reality of it. And actually in the song at the end, you know, the villagers find the tower, they see the, this scary looking weird lady with the long hair, and they are just so afraid of her that they end up killing her. This was me at 17. <laughs> and I, I just wrote the song. And at the end of it, I was like, I killed her. Like, How did that happen? Because <laughs> it was just it really felt like the song was just going through me. Um, and that song really got a lot of attention on the site. And the community made this beautiful animation around it that just it, it's amazing. It's you can you can find it on YouTube uh, if you just search for Mademoiselle Noir and. Yeah, do you want to hear yeah, a little, little bit of it? A little taste, yeah. All right. A man came across this old tower one day. It was straight like from a book he once read. He lifted his head up and saw this young lady. And here's what the lady said. Je m'appelle Mademoiselle Noir Et comme vous pouvez le voir Je ne souris ni rire ni vie Et c'est I like that so much. And you're such a wonderful storyteller. Thank um, you. I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to know more about the site. But one of my favorites that really does show your storytelling ability, and I will say this, too, as you were describing what that song was about, there's a quality in your songwriting that's very unexpected. Thank you. Every time you think it's going this way, it curves another way. <laughs> And I think that's what's just so unique and, and special. Um, there is another song that you, you actually play, I think, on the ukulele yes. uh, called Lo Siento Juan. Um, and it, it, this is fun. Are you, are you the girl in this particular song? Because this is a cute song. <laughs> I, will, I will leave that to your interpretation. <laughs> I might be. Yeah, let me just tune this out real quick. Ukuleles go very quickly out of tune. Yeah, this one I actually wrote um, a little later. It was towards the end of 2013. I had turned 18 a few months ago. And uh, we went on my very first holiday without my parents, with two of my girlfriends, uh, to Barcelona. And it was a great week. 
and it inspired me to write this song. It's really, um, yeah, I mean, I could say that I am the girl in the story, and it's it's really, it's a funny story because it's, uh, this is one of those songs where this is literally what happened. Like, it's like there's nothing, there's nothing added, nothing taken away, and that's just all there is to it. <laughs> He was a basic bartender with cute curly hair She was a happy tourist, drunk enough to flirt and stare She ordered watermelon, margaritas or martinis Well, I guess it doesn't matter, he made them taste like sweeties They shared a couple of words, just a couple of warm smiles A couple of those looks and a couple of playful eyes And when she had to go, he ran out and stopped her Gave her a piece of paper with a cute note and a number It said, I like you so Barcelona and a girl from a land far away. They met at a crab bar, and that's the end, I'm afraid. There's not much more to say. Do, 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 do. Lo siento, Juan. so fun so they never quite get to meet and they never reconnect again exactly it's it's sort of a song that uh it's what could have been as it goes on and on this this beautiful romance that never was and could have been because he never leaves the area code and when you find it then the phone doesn't work anymore exactly you can never find him ever again yeah and i think that's um the appeal in songs like that to me is that they they are the real love stories <laughs> that everybody experiences. That you know, that just one moment that you in their life, everybody meets that one person that you just have a connection with that for some reason you don't get to explore. Mm-hmm. And then that's like you can you can call it the one that got away or, you know, the one that could have been. But I really like those kind of little moments really inspire me. And I think they're, they're great. You, you talked earlier about when it started to click and you had the words for, for Mademoiselle Noir yeah. that it, it came like a rush in yeah. like 10 minutes. Do the songs come quickly for you? I think it, there, there are two ways. Sometimes I just have an idea and then I sit down and then suddenly I have a song and I have no idea how it happened. And it's just there. And it feels like just came from somewhere else and I was just the device that built it and then other times I do like I have a very specific idea that again like everything starts with the idea and sometimes it needs some construction sometimes sometimes it needs for me to sit down and really think how do I want this to come out and especially like when you step out of your bedroom and you start doing this in the real world that's when that's when it's it's really good, and I've learned so much about songwriting in general um, to know how to construct a song. But I still want to keep that real feel of it. And the thing is, that the idea of English being a second yeah. language, the specificity in which you have to choose the right words, there is a real directness in your songs. It's not hard <laughs> to follow along, and yeah. yet still, it doesn't mean that it's too simple. No, like, but that, that's, that's very good. It's, it's good that you noticed that, because that was very a big thing for me. In Finnish, I play around the language so much. Sometimes, not too much, but it gets very poetic, and it gets like very complex. And when I write in English, I kind of had to step back from that and really just write a simple, like, it's not my first language. I don't know this colors of the right. phrases you know i don't taste it as as well so i just it's all in there so uh, let's talk about that so here you go you're you're submitting tons of songs yeah. and what is the reaction because it, it, the reaction's pretty big on that side yeah no it was it was pretty intense actually uh pretty quickly after i started uploading songs there actually so on on the side there's this function that uh, this, the site creators can feature pieces of art on their front page. And that gives them right away a lot more attention, a lot more, you know, just recognition. 
And it was some of the first songs. Actually, I uploaded that earlier Finnish song, Hetki, on the site. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually found it and, you know, liked it. And then someone else from the staff uh, featured it on the front page. Like, that was some of the first songs that I uploaded. And right away, this movie star is liking it, and it's on the front page, and hundreds of people are recommending it, leaving these hearts and comments and just loving it. And very quickly, it just became... I was uploading songs almost every day, and they became very popular there. I mean, you were the most downloaded artist on the site. Yeah, I, that's uh, and yeah, still am. It's it's very it's very intense. It's, and I I don't think I I've, I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't think about it too much because it just felt like this alternate world. That's not really real thing. Like I could you know I would I was uploading these songs in my bedroom after school, and then I just close the computer and it's gone. And the funny thing is is. Not even maybe maybe a few of your best friends sort of knew what you were doing, yeah. but but no one else did. No, because I didn't I didn't tell anybody. Like my family knew, some of my best friends knew, but I didn't I didn't think too much of it. I mean, I I I thought greatly of it, but I didn't think it would ever cross to my Finland world. You know, I didn't think right. that it would cross to my real world. You were basically living an alternate life. Exactly. I mean, you go <laughs> to that bedroom and literally, I mean, we're talking like hundreds and thousands of people from yeah. literally all over the world, Germany, Japan, the United States. Yeah. People are writing and commenting and putting their art on top of your music. Yeah. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as a way, I think, of probably building the site, he yes. wants to create a TV program. Yes. And he wants to showcase all of the top stuff on the site, on the TV program. Yes. And out of the blue, you get a call. I do. I was actually in France when I get the call visiting my friend. Uh, I f- at first, I get an email asking if I have time to Skype with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And I'm like, I literally just turned 18. <laughs> like, I have, like, okay, like, I guess I can make time to talk with him. <laughs> and, uh, and he just calls me on Skype. And he says that at this point, I already knew that two of my songs were going to be featured on the TV show, which was great. And I was very excited about it. Um, but again, like I didn't think anybody in Finland would hear about it or see it because I wasn't going to tell anybody. But he asked you to come on to the United States yes. and perform in Los Angeles. Yes. And he thinks like you're in your mid 30s, right? I don't know what he thinks, but he definitely didn't think that I was 18 and still in high school. <laughs> but he did think that you were performing also in clubs all over Helsinki, right? I mean, he thought you must have been a pretty big deal. Yeah. Well, actually, so so he does invite me to L.A. Uh, to perform at the Orpheum Theater in front of almost 2,000 people uh, because they wanted to film it for the TV show. So I wasn't, not only my music was going to be on, t- on TV, but I was going to be. And that was very, very intense. And when I did get to L.A., um, everybody on the Heat Record staff was exactly like you said. They were asking me, like, so, like, do you perform in clubs in Helsinki? Like, what college do you go to? And I'm like, I'm still in high school, and I haven't been able to even get into bars until a month ago. So, And you go out there with your father. You know, that must have been an incredibly bonding experience because here you are, and it's one thing to do it in your bedroom, right? Yes. Because it is a safe place. It, it's your home. It's your little box. You're doing your thing. People are responding. But then to take yourself out and then go to a, this foreign country, which it must have... What did you think when you first landed in this country? Oh, wow. Well, uh, yeah, I was... I think I was on some kind of survival mode or like an autopilot mode where I was just like pushing through it for the most part because it was too much to realize that what is exact actually happening. That was one of the first times also just before leaving I posted uh, to Facebook just letting people know that, hey, like... I'm flying to LA to pre- perform with the with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in front of 2000 people and people were like what like they they had no idea that anything like this was happening and suddenly I'm just saying that I'm flying to LA like and, and again I mean this is the first time you've ever really performed outside yes. of a, a school recital yeah outside of the classical flute concerts or just some school events where I'm playing 
little songs on ukulele, you know, in front of my friends. And it was it was very intense. I, I'll never forget when we went to soundcheck and I saw the stage for the first time. And actually, uh, during the same show where I was going to perform, because um, uh, I think Tony Danza was going to be a part of the show as well. And they were, like, testing some dance number on stage with Gordon Levitt. And I was just standing backstage looking at the stage. And that's when, like, my knees went weak. I realized that I'm actually here. I'm going to have to be on that stage. I just had to go, like, sit backstage. And I was terrified. I, I did not know how am I going to do this my dad was there with me, and then I just went to soundcheck. I had practiced like crazy before this, like for two weeks straight, every single day. I would just, I was gonna play just one song, so I practiced that one song. So when we did do the soundcheck and everything went really great, I was happy about it. But afterwards, I, I was like, like tomorrow is gonna be the big day. Like, what if, like, what if I just completely fail? What if I break down under the pressure so I really I did some I did a lot of thinking and that's when I had one of my big breakthroughs I I realized that if I can play this song by myself in my room perfectly with just my energy then if I'm on stage in front of these 1800 people and all of them are sending me positive energy I can either choose to try to resist it and let it crush me, or I can take it in and put it in my performance, and then with all the logic, I should do even better than I would by myself. It's pretty pretty amazing uh, <laughs> thought, thought process there for an 18-year-old. Yeah, I mean. well, that was, it was a big breakthrough moment, and then in the morning of the show, I felt, I felt really peaceful, and I felt really ready for it because I kind of... I mean, I, I still get nervous before shows, and I did get nervous before that one too, but it's a very different kind of excitement and nervousness when you're not... Because kind of like understanding that these people in the audience, they're not there to hurt you. They're not there to crush you. They're there to cheer you on and give you extra energy to your performance. Can you can you sing a little bit of that song that you sang for that yes, performance? Yes, I can. That song, actually, it's, it's a loop song. It was... Uh, on the on the website, they sometimes put out these challenges that do something regarding this topic, and they wanted to because Gordon Levitt was part of the movie Looper, so they wanted to do something with loops, with kind of like circles, something that goes around. So I just created a very simple loop that that repeats. Yeah, it's a, so I can I can sing the loop. It goes. We can go back again to where we began And then when we reach the end We can still pretend that we can go back again To where we began and so on It yeah. just keeps going And they had the whole audience starting to sing with you Yes, that was amazing So it's actually... It was a TV show shoot, so we did do, like, two takes, even though it was at this amazing theater and it was a real show. Um, but at the end of the second take, they invited the the whole audience on the stage and everybody was singing along, and it was such a life-changing experience, just all of the energy. It really was, because after that, you know, you were approached by some people who wanted to take your whole experience to the next level. And it, and it really was, um, it, it did change your life. Yeah, well, I feel like that show, that show changed the way I saw myself and the way I saw my future in music because that's where I saw that I can do something like this. Like, it's because before doing that, I always thought that, that's not who I am. That's not something I'm capable of. Like, I'm not capable of being in front of people and, you know, doing this kind of thing. I, I can I can write songs. I can do it in my bedroom, but I'm not spotlight on me person. Did you find that after that experience, the songwriting kicked to another gear? Um... I think it did definitely, but there was there was a period of t period of time where I had to really focus on other things than writing because I had done nothing but writing for two years every single day, and I think it was a good time for me to take a little step back and think of other 
parts of being an artist than just writing. Because you, you can be just a writer, but if you want to be an artist, there's so much more to it than the song. There's the stage presence, there's the singing abilities, the playing abilities, and just your performance in general. Like, it's it's a very big thing to be on stage and kind of get everybody's eyes to you. Like, you have to bring that special something. So then you release your first album, and, and I wondered if you could maybe play us a, a, a little taste of, of something from that album or uh, give us a sense of the kind of music that came from that first experience. Right. So so actually, after the L.A. experience, Hit Record invited me again to, um, to Sundance Film Festival for the premiere party of the TV show, and that's where I met my very first kind of real industry con- connections because Hitrecord was still a bit of an underground community, not that well known in the mainstream. So when we went to Sundance and they invited me there again to perform, that was the first time that I was around the industry outside of Hitrecord. And my now manager and lawyer, Stephen Beer, happened to be in the audience. And he then brought me to New York to write and record my first EP, Follow Your Gravity, that we put out, I think, two years ago now. And yeah, I could play a little little snippet of that. This one is called What You Are Will Show. And I actually wrote it thinking of all my high school friends who were so stressed about having their lives ready right after graduating. Whereas you can't do that. <laughs> like it's not You're so young, you shouldn't have to feel like you have to have everything figured out and you have to have your life planned. And that was, I was doing the opposite of that, so I wanted to share my feelings of that. This lady that I met She's pretty average, oh, I bet you've seen her too In the drugstores, on the street Walking her dog She has a job A house and kids Ain't that the plan Ain't that the dream Be careful Not to step on your own Toes Cause standing still you watch your own Doors close And then your life changes because you move to this country. Yes. And and you let that part of your life go. Is it is it something that you you miss? Well, I moved here in January, and in the past three years, after the heavy heat record chapter, there's been so much happening and so much work and so much fighting towards this very thing that I can move here and I can do it full time here um, that I think I haven't been gone long enough to want to go back yet. But of course, I do miss my family and my friends because um, even though I always felt like I at some point I need to get away from Helsinki and Finland to really like find out who I am, there's so much that I love about that community as well. But you were saying to me that you you in that community there'd be only so far that people would see where you could go where you you landed on these shores and it was like infinite possibilities yes definitely no like i said there's many great things about finland but confidence is not one of them like um finnish people have this idea this is a good example that i always keep comparing like Finnish people and American people. Like American people say that you can be anything you want, like an astronaut, a rock star, the president, Nobel Prize winner, anything. In Finland, they would say you can be anything you want, a doctor, a teacher, a fireman, you know, 
whatever, policeman. <laughs> so it's it's what's realistic is in Finland it's it's seen as very the, the roof is lower. And especially for a musician singing in English and I, I got my taste of connecting with people internationally when I was working on Hitrocord and I didn't want to turn back to just writing in Finnish just for people in my country and my culture. And uh, and there's a there's a big kind of feel of oh you think you're better than us oh you think you're something you think you're something bigger than like this oh Finland is too small for you where that that's not where it comes from it's like and, and it's and there's so much potential in Finland and I feel like what I want to do now is I wanna I wanna make it here and then I want to come back and say that see I did it you can do it too like. There's no limits. Are they listening to your music now as it it, it, it moves and across the country here and in, in, in new places and you're being discovered every single day? It, it, it must have gone past the Facebook posts now. I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, I think the thing with Finnish press is that um, I feel like you kind of have to reach out to them for them to really notice you and I really feel like I don't want to reach out too soon like they did you know the, the fin- Finnish press has been noticing what I do like they did write about the fact that I'm moving here and they did write about whatever happened with Heat Record but I do want to take it slow and steady because in Finland as amazing that the people can be sometimes they they can be very kind of like quick to judge um uh, what you're trying to do. And if, if I say that, I'm going to do this. And if I don't succeed at that within a year, they're going to say that, oh, she failed. <laughs> but you never have forgotten that little girl that uh, wrote all those songs in the room. Never. And and you say that when you write music, you think of yourself as if you're writing to that 13, 14, 15-year-old girl. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a big part of my, my music is heavily leaning on the lyrics. Uh, I always want to have some kind of message in my songs and that's where it comes in. Like I also want to think that what would I want it to what what were some things that I wish I could hear when I was 13 or music that I could hear in the radio. And what kind of message do you want to send to young women in this country and around the world? Uh, I want to young women I want them to know that there's there's nothing they can't do. Like, there's just absolutely nothing they can't do. There's no limits. And I want them to know that they are beautiful and capable and enough as they are. I feel like there's a lot of pressure for women. You know, in order to be a strong woman, you have to be something extreme. Like, you have to be extremely okay with your sexuality or you have to be extremely masculine or something. And I feel like, no, like, just be you. Like, just relax be whoever you are. You don't have to try to be anything else. And you know, you hear that message in your music all the time. Can you can you sing just the the chorus to make believe? I can do that. Um. You made make believe believable. Oh, you made make believe believable. I can hear your music in, in a lot of movie soundtracks. I <laughs> Thank can tell you. you that. There's something there's something about it that is just it it does have that dreamy quality ever ever since when you were ten yes. years old and still there there is something. You you take us on a journey and it, it really is something special. You know, as we say goodbye, I'd love to hear a little bit of your latest single, Moments. Yeah, sure. So moments um moments is definitely a bit of a departure from that. Like I said, I always want to have a message in my song, and this one has a very strong message as well. But it's actually, it's actually closer to that kind of like what you said earlier. That kind of like going a bit meta in my songs, because this one, this one I wrote after a year of kind of like heavy songwriting and really pushing my limits of how I can write better, what can I write about. Like I wanna, 
I want to change the world and kind of like being a little anxious about everything that's going on in the world. Like, how can I save the world with my music? Uh, am I just being completely selfish on spending my resources in music when I could be going, you know, doing some other things? And this song just came out of just really allowing myself to breathe a little and take energy from that, like sim the simplest things like love and, you know, good relationships and, you know, happiness that most pop is about. It's about relationships and for a reason, because that is the, you know, deepest well for energy. And I kind of gave myself permission to dive into that and get some of that energy. And then I wrote a song about that whole process of how sometimes you really need those moments where you just enjoy the good in life and then you can, you know, fight the good fight with that energy. I often think too much Get lost in my trace of thoughts so far I forget to breathe And when I'm suffocating to all but hating I forget what I used to see spending my days and try to find a line that will change the world and save a life but sometimes it gets so hard I get so damn tired but then I feel a touch a gentle grip it pulls me back and takes me on a trip my mind the moments with him oh boy where do I begin he's really there breathing the air that I share if something like this exists on this earth it must be a Finnish pop star who's made her way to America. She's a singer-songwriter who's just getting started. It'll be so fun to see how you grow up in this business. You have a beautiful voice. You have a really wonderful story to tell, and, and you have a great journey ahead of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-Side, a bonus track where I get a chance to share some producer's notes and tell you a little bit more of the story. After our interview, I press Pepina a little further about her love song, Lo Siento Juan, and it turns out, months after she wrote the song, she actually went to the Crab Bar's website and saw a picture of Juan, the guy in the song, on the website. So she ended up calling the Crab Bar contacting a manager, and somehow he put her in touch with Juan, and they ended up reuniting and dating for a little while. So you see, sometimes dreams really do come true. Here's Pepina singing a little more of a song I just can't get enough of, Lo Siento Juan. It's a really funny song. Actually, I think it's amazing. It's my favorite, maybe. It's 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 a very charming little it's a weird song. But it is, so... but it's I could see it in one of those charming weird little movies. Yes. That people, it really could be. I could see it. I'm gonna pick it up from the second verse. Okay. The girl thought, why not? And sent him an SMS, but the days went by, and like you might guess, the boy he didn't write or call, did not send her a word. She was a little bit confused. At least that's what I've heard. <laughs> Later on, the girl was still filled with doubt. What if he never got the text? She had to find out, and so she called the number. What? It's not in use. Oh no, the boy forgot to tell her Barcelona's area code. That pissed her off so. Barcelona and a 
afraid There's not much more to say Do 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 Lo siento You know, honestly, that is really funny stuff. That's Thank a, you. And it's good, and it's sweet. It's I could see that on SNL. I really thank could. Thank you. I really it's amazing. could. Yeah. Well, thank yes. you. Thank you for for uh, having some fun with us. I hope when you get really famous, you come back. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, that that's the only thing we ask. When you get so, and you're filling out those arenas, you come back and do something again. Yes. <laughs> Now, some news and notes. Since our interview, Pepina has released a new EP. It's called Spark and available on all online retailers. And her single, Fire, has had over 80,000 downloads. So check her out. We think she's something special. Next week, Gary Allen and Cody Johnson, two rebels in the country music scene who've done it their own way and always on their own terms. They sing a ton in next week's episode, so don't miss it. It's one of our favorites. And if you like what you hear, become a subscriber. That's right, on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher. And spread the word. Children of Song, the podcast that combines live music with great storytelling. Till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.